Yeah. So uh, last week we looked at the beginning part of Psalm 19, right? Uh, verses 1 to 6 is about God revealed himself through the wor world and then through the word in verses 7 to 9. Yeah. And I think from this part, the second part of verses 10 to 14, what we really see is the application. Like if yeah. God has revealed himself through his word, what does that mean? How does this change our life? Yeah. It should change the way we pray. Uh, if you notice, really, verses 10 to 14 is really, now he's speaking to God. He's asking God certain things, but it should also shape the way we pray, okay? Uh, shape the way we pray. So the first part, uh, so in five points, we're going to see five applications. Number one, we should desire God's word, okay? Desire God's word is in verses 10, okay? First part is desire what? God's word. God's word, okay. Second was be humbled by God's word. I think there's a difference between humility and humble, but I think the word of God humbles me like nothing else does, okay? Uh, that's probably true for all of us, right? Yes. Um, be humbled by God's word, verses 11. Uh, third point is desire to avoid hidden faults. Desire to avoid hidden faults in verses 12. And desire to be free from the power of sin, verses 13. And then finally, desire to please God, okay? So notice that the word of God should change our desire. A lot of this is about desire, okay? So the first one is we should desire God's word itself, okay? I love verses 10. There's really two clauses in verses 10. Um, the first part says that really shows God's word is valuable. Uh, verses 10 says they are despicable, uh, uh, correction, they are more desirable than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. Okay. Uh, verses 10, the word desirable, does all your versions say desirable, Mr. Burton? You're using NKJV tonight or NHB? Yeah, okay, okay. So I think it also says that. Desirable, uh, right, right. Okay. So in the Hebrew, the word actually is the same word that often has a negative connotation for coveting. Okay. Mm. The same word actually appears in uh, uh, Exodus 20, verse 17. You guys can put your pinky or thumb oh. in Psalm 19. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 17, which should be the second book in the uh, Bible. Exodus okay. 20. Yeah, Exodus 20, verses 17. Okay. Okay. okay, and when we turn to Exodus 20, verses 17, uh, uh, I will read this verse out loud. This is from the Ten Commandments, okay? Exodus 20, verses 17 says this, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Okay? Mm. Here it says the word covet is the same word that we see, saw early, the, wow. uh, desirable. Okay? So most of the time the word is used in a negative sense. Right. When, it's a, when, when is it a sin? Is when you want something someone else has and you say you need it or else. Okay? And you want their exact thing or else. Does that make sense? There's a sense where it's je jealousy, the connotation. That is when it's sinful. Okay? That's when it's sinful. But nevertheless, the word in itself means strong desire. So when you turn back with me to Psalms 19... Okay, turn with me to Psalms 19, verses 10. When it says here, uh, more desirable than gold, and let's see, I know we just came in. Uh, the, the first part we're looking at here is, our first point is desire God's word, okay? When it says here they're more desirable, I don't think it's saying to sin, to covet, because obviously you should always want God's word more, okay? Right. By the way, there's a sense where God's word is very rich. We can never exhaust it, okay? Mm. I think the best way to think of it is like drinking water from a river, mm. okay? Yeah. Like a deep river, okay? Um, you could put a cup and you have one cup. Afterward, could you say, oh, it's going to run out of river or maybe ocean mm. amount of water, right? Afterward, could, there be, could you get a second cup of water? Jeez. Yes, okay? So it's inexhaustible, okay? Um, I know, Mr. Burton, you have studied the Word of God for a long time. Uh, longer than I've been alive, okay? Uh, uh, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay, uh, I've been a Christian for twenty years. 
His shear is 20 years. And I actually feel the more I learn of God's word, the more it actually never gets old. You know, uh, My wife could be the testimony. Uh, the last few months, I've been going to sleep at four. Um, because the word of God ha- actually has been that interesting because of preparing for Nepal. And also even for myself in working with certain counseling things. Like for instance, right now, I've been reading a lot of James. You know, mm-hmm. seeing the word on favoritism, seeing the word of God. I will tell you about speech, will conflict resolution, all, all that. But sometimes the word of God is just so awesome. It's just like wow, like it is just amazing. I just cannot what put it down. There's so much more to it. And then you learn from other great men before us or men who are alive, other teachers. They're like, Whoa, there's even more. And then there's even more building upon from their insight. And 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 that's just the insight. And then there's even application is what endless. Mm-hmm. And you're going to God saying, oh, Lord, God, help me. I need to see the application. Help me, God, right? All of that. So you should desire it more than gold. Rebecca and Abigail and Hannah, uh, this past Friday, we went with my sister. She came, Jeannie came up to visit. And we went to where? Do you guys remember what museum? Girls? Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I went there. It was pretty cool. The USC or Yeah, ne- yeah. Near, there. That was the first time I've ever been there. At first I thought like it's probably like the San Diego one, which is very small. Um, the San Diego one is more expensive. This one is actually cheaper um, the, in terms of each person admission. But then where they get you is the, the parking admission. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, cheaper. But then it's, oh, it's about the same. After, uh, you know, San Diego is like a big, huge bowl park. You can park wherever, right? Um, you, I think you usually pay like $15 for parking. Yeah, yeah, it was $15. Uh, I think it was $12 yeah, because, or $15. Uh, yeah, because when we usually go, mm-hmm. $15. Yeah, uh, so it adds up with that. Uh, so anyways, we went there and we remember girls, we saw gold. Like they had an exhibit of like the history, uh, like the, the gems and the gold part, right? All of that, okay? But yeah, and then you see like the gold Tuesday, flakes. Yeah. Every so... Uh, Every other month or Tuesday, whatever, uh-huh. it's free, but you pay the parking fifteen. Oh, okay, okay, that's good to know. Okay, so knowing this is that it says here, as gold, as cool as gold is, Ooh. guess what? It's more valuable than that. The word of God. Okay. Yeah. Notice it goes on. It's even more valuable, desirable than even fine gold. Okay. Ooh. There's even more than valuable than fine gold. Okay. Next thing you remember to reserve the arboretum. I usually try to avoid those days uh, days because there's so many other people. I'm actually maybe a... Like, I love people at church because I love people, because I love God. But to be honest with you, I think I'm a a nature introvert. Mm -hmm. I just like to be alone myself, reading bread. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not reading bread, reading the Word of God. (coughs) I remember working security, being joyful. Yeah, after, yeah, could we just work, yeah, uh, even Sunday sometimes, just like, man, it's just me at graveyard shift, watching over the bread man deliver bread, Mm -hmm. and just reading the Word of God, just being happy. But then, what makes me go with people is because God's love for me, love of people, okay? So, let's go back on, verse 10, right? Like, uh, more valuable than gold is what? The Word of God, okay? God, okay? And also notice it's more desirable. It's a delight. It also then compares with a food analogy. It's sweeter than what? Honey. Honey, okay? I don't know if you guys have been hearing, uh, Ben coming back, one of the things he's been saying about our trip to the other country we were at is he really likes their honey. Now, I got to say, their honey is uh, pretty sweet. That's actually one of the things I actually look forward to when I go over there. There's many things I don't look forward to, you know, Mm. preaching long, hot weather, uh, but one thing is actually, I really look forward to their hot lemon tea. It's actually one of the best honey. Uh, in fact, that country is famous also as well for uh, narcotic honey. Also as well. Because uh, they have uh, a certain 
because of the plant they they get uh, from from uh, certain ones that are worth that. Now I didn't drink have those kinds, but you know. But at the same time, it's really sweet because of the flower. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that because when I went back to Burma, the honey different over there. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because of the flower where it pollinates from that kind of thing. Maybe mm. I don't know. I'm not an expert, yeah. but it's it's pretty good uh, yeah. with that. Okay. And I take the one of, when I went back. Okay. Different than. Yeah. Yeah. More sweeter than that is what is. The word of God. That's what it says, right? It says, sweeter also than honey. And the dripping of the honeycomb, okay? Is the word of God, okay? So here's an application. So we should desire God's word, okay? That's point number one. So in light of what we saw in verse 10, this is the application. How do you grow in desiring more of God's word? We know we should desire God's word. But you might look at it and say, you know what? I would rather have honey than actually what? The word of God. I would rather have gold than the word of God. Jimmy, what help can we have to actually desire this? I think the first thing is just like honey. How do you desire more honey? Is to what? Taste it, right? So taste the word of God, okay? It's the same way. Taste the word of God. Don't start big. Don't make it say, oh, today I'm going to read eight hours of the Bible. If you never read it all, and then it's going to be very likely what? It's just like people that haven't exercised in a while. If you all of a sudden just work out like crazy, then guess what happened? Next day, oh, I'm so exhausted, right? Sometimes the best thing is what? Start small, okay? We need to be like the turtle instead of the rabbit, okay? Start small. Little at a time, faithfully over time. If you haven't read the Word of, Word of God for a while, it, it might not be realistic to say read an hour. But could you start small? Reading five minutes a day. And then let it slowly snowball. Does that make sense? To taste the goodness of God. If you need help, I think, uh, I do believe there's a place for the use of other resources, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Burman recommends uh, studylight.org. Is that it? Correct? Sure. Okay, studylight.org. Um, where I always think it's worth buying. Good commentaries asking for a good recommendation. Uh, not that you become slave of those things, but those are tools. Okay, you should never realize, hey, this is the final word. It's like, no, you always test God's word. And by the way, every commentary I've read, because I actually check uh, references where it quotes, mm-hmm. I have never found a commentary where it did not what. There's something uh, slight error, not not like big doctrinal thing, but like slight something. Like, huh? I don't know if that's the right verse to pull supporting that. The only okay? time I, I think I will never go to. Retreat with you guys at 2021 because I'm going back again. Okay, yeah, let's stick with the Word of God for today, okay? So do you, uh, so second application question is, do you pour uh, into reading God's Word? That is, you really go reading it, okay? Do you desire to consume God's Word, right? And busy schedule in life, I think I have a hard time reading. I, think, I always encourage the people that have a hard time, and I used to do this back in the day uh, when guys, uh, some of the guys graduated from college, um, younger guys, guys that are not necessarily here today, I would often say, hey, you should, could always make time, but I can meet with you for lunch. I'll drive out to, I don't know, to West L.A., drive out to Orange County where they work, and let's just open the Word of God together, just to model that with them, okay? And by the way, eating the Word of God, I actually, some of the best Bible studies I ever had was in the mornings, when I started doing mornings, devotional, um, where it's like, wow, just, uh, so I usually start with the heaviest thing, systematic theology first, right? Uh, the more analytical thing and then go more devotional towards the end of the day okay but even as I'm going over this it's like wow it's a sweet association I'm eating Nancy makes toast or what peanut butter and honey right honey oh do you guys like it when he peanut butter and jelly uh, not jelly uh, the honey part okay yeah I like the honey more than the jelly right and then I'm eating this and also consuming God's word so associate good things so it might not be breakfast for some of us but it might be lunch break sometimes say hey you know what it's not always time to always meet with the boys at work but sometimes say hey just sitting there by yourself reading the word of 
God, okay? Mm-hmm. Reading the Word of God, okay? So, uh, second application, uh, second point for today is be humble by God's Word. Look with me in verses 11, okay? Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward, okay? Um, by them your servant is warned, okay? Um, here you see... Uh, this psalmist identified himself as his servant, okay? Uh, his servant, okay? Um, in keeping them, there's great reward. So the first thing I want to emphasize is his humility because he sees himself as what? Whose servant? God's servant. We normally, I don't think our day-to-day life, we often think we're a slave. Do we? We don't even like the idea of we're a slave of somebody else, right? But God's word makes it very clear that that's our identity. That's actually who we are. We're a slave of who? God, of God, a servant of God, okay? So there's a sense where the more you read God's Word, the more you realize, hey, God requires things of us. The more humble we are with that, okay? God's Word is seen as Lord, and the writer is to be, uh, is to be serving God. And when one who sees God's Word in this way, they actually, a servant, means they are what? They are humble, okay? I actually finished this point right as well, okay? So as a servant... Who hears God's word, it says, your servant is warned, okay? Mm-hmm. By the way, if we're serving God, we want to do what, what God wants, right? Mm-hmm. What the master wants. So we also need to see warning of what is the wrong way of doing things, okay? And also, we need to see, as it says here, when we keep God's word, what is, it, what is there? There's a great what? Look at verses 11, second half. Reward. Good. There's a good reward, okay? So we need to see there is a great what? Reward in being faithful. By the way, Servants often you just do the right thing is not to your credit most mm. of the time in the physical realm, right? Secular realm. Mm. But for God, he says what there's a great what? Reward. Okay. Mm. By the way, notice here it never always, says you always have to constantly do great things for God because Yeah, not even no, actually I would even say not doing so much great things, but just being faithful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like always obeying him and you yeah, know. just being faithful. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, that sh- that should sh- take a lot of stress because sometimes people feel like, oh, I need to do big and great things. But what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. God calls but, us to be faithful. Always yeah. have to obey yeah. him and yeah, to be and, faithful. And just faithful and tell things that he tells you to do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You why don't we just share more uh, the application towards the end? Okay. With that, just so I can be able to teach. Us, okay. Um, but I'm glad you're excited because we should be faithful. Yeah. By the way, the, you guys see there's a difference between uh, faithful and being successful by some other standard? Mm. Some people think, oh, okay, uh, if only if, I don't know, I, I see this sometimes with you and guys that are in ministry, um, right? Sometimes, oh, if only my church grew a certain size, right? 100 people, 200, then I'll be successful. There's been even times in Shepherd's concerts, some people say, man, my church is so small, there's only 60 people. I said, oh, wow. You know, uh, that's quite a lot. And right. they're saying, maybe I should end ministry. Maybe, and even someone has told me before, uh, I have 30. Maybe it's time for my church to close. Mm-hmm. And I know the people there. There's all these young people that are excited to read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, even close also as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, he said, you know what? It's not growing. I was like, oh, well, there are real people that desire to learn from God's Word mm-hmm. um, with that. You know, um, so in light of this, I think what God wants us to call us to be is just to be faithful. That frees us so much from a lot of mm-hmm. things. We sometimes put so many standards that are not necessarily biblical. Right? We must always go back to the Word of God. Be faithful to what God has called us. Whatever you are doing, are you doing it God's way? Okay? 
Are you doing it God's way? Okay. Um, so as application, do you struggle with your identity? Some people do, right? Especially those who are young. Uh, one of the things I'm trying to really emphasize with our high schoolers is among some of the things they share, it's like, hey, don't forget your identity. You're in Christ first. Amen. It'll be the peer pressure of their of friends to be a certain thing, certain way, whatever. But your identity is in Christ. We're a servant of God. Okay? So read God's word reminds us we're servants of God. Because sometimes when we don't, we start thinking it's about us. Right? I need to realize that I'm a servant first before anything else. Yes. Okay, And in any leadership capacity that we have, it's always to be a servant leader. Okay, uh, Any leadership responsibility is always to be uh, a leader it is to be a servant first. Okay. Second application question, also uh, or point. Also, reading God's word reminds you that you are His servant, so it will humble you. Okay. I think there's a difference between humble and being humiliated. Okay. If you had to be humbled or to be humiliated, which one would you prefer? Who likes being humiliated, where you feel shameful and everything, all that? None of us, right? Like, oh, that's awful, right? Better um, to be humbled. Yeah, better to be humble, okay? Humble. Um, but I think there's a difference when God humbles us than versus humility. Because when He humbles, He also doesn't just want to leave us there. He wants us to grow and to be growing and loving Him also as well. And to be secure with that, okay? Uh, to be prideful, is that a really stable place to be at? To be arrogant? No, no okay? Because you'll be reminded that you are not all that. Reality will hit you in the face and others... The lightest, slightest thing they could say, you'll be what? Feel like, oh, a great offense, that kind of thing, okay? So being God's servant that is faithful means there's a great reward as we have read, okay? Do you meditate on that? Also, do you take God's warning for His servant seriously, right? His warning. Uh, I think there should be time from time to time, there should be a healthy fear of God, of saying... Um, Am I really on God's side with things, okay? Sometimes we want God on our side, but sometimes even... Do you guys remember the story of Joshua? Uh, the story of Joshua when he uh, meets that vision of that man. I really like that story. One of the things I like about that story is like, he asks, are you, what, for us or against us? And he's like, then the, you know, that's actually God in theophany revealed. God says like, no, it's the other way around. It's not, am I for you? It's like... You have to be on my side. The gist of that, right? Uh, with that. So sometimes that's a reminder. And that's the only way to be faithful. It sometimes reminds us, A, we cannot be factious. cannot just be favoritism or whatever else. We need to be what? We're right when what is on God's side. Okay? So that humbles us to read God's word. Let's go to point number three. We should desire to avoid hidden faults. Okay? We should desire to avoid hidden faults. Let's look at verses 12. When we're at verse 12... Uh, Nancy, would you be able to read verse 12? <coughs> Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. It's recording. Okay. Verses 12 here. Uh, I think uh, first and foremost, I want to look at the word error. The word error is actually plural. It actually suggests the idea of things that could be distracting, like the effect of anger, you know, alcohol, uh, association or passion or uh, of hatred and all of that from all its usage elsewhere. What does that mean in all of this? It's saying what? Error here is not just a small mistake. It's referencing the sin, okay? And uh, look at the question here. It asks this, who can discern his error? By the way, do we tend to see our sins or do we tend not to see our sins? Do we have any tendency? 
Not yeah. to. Yeah, not to. It's very okay. easy to not. Yeah, very easy not to, okay? Uh, I think sometimes part of being a Christian growing is the more we grow, the reality is the more we actually see more of our sins. Sometimes it could be exasperating saying, man, like I'm trying so hard, but I see more. Or God points it out. By the way, I think God sometimes is very gracious, right? If you knew how sinful you fully were when you first got saved, I actually think the more you grow in Christ, the more you actually see how sinful you really are. Then, I mean, yeah, God, when you first get saved, there's a sense where, yeah, you, you see the light. Like, yeah, I'm so sinful, I deserve to be. Like, you see the weight of sin, right? You deserve hell. And boy, I'm so glad He forgave me, right? But then as you grow more, you see, wow, I am really, really that sinful, okay? I'm really, really that sinful. And it's hurtful to realize it. But then He says the question rhetorically, I think it's true. Who can discern his errors? We often do not see our... We always have the blind spot, just like driving trucks, okay? Uh, we don't see all our spots. We're driving cars. We always have to be, what, very careful of seeing spot. We think, oh, it's clear. We cannot be presumptuous, okay? But notice, in light of this, God's Word sometimes does reveal our, what, flaws, okay? He does reveal through the Word of God, okay? Uh, notice then this, lead the Psalms to pray a certain way. What does He pray for? The last second half is he prays what? Acquit me. Hannah, could you quiet down? Okay. Acquit me of what? Hidden faults. Okay. That is sins that we don't know about or that we do not see. Okay. So we should desire to be forgiven of our sins that we don't know about. Okay. So as application, read the word should make you desire to sin less. Okay. Make you desire to sin less, even the sins you don't know about. Okay, uh, do you have this kind of desire? Right, do you have that kind of desire uh, with that? Uh, does it manifest in you being teachable from correction from others, too? Okay, uh, I think that one of the hallmark of the more we grow as a Christian, the more we should be when people point sins out, the more receptive we should be. It, again, let me say this real quick it is not always easy. Okay, yes. it can be times where you feel like, oh, I'm growing so much, and then another time, boom, down the road, you might feel like, oh, you blew it, you got upset with that. But I think there should be that general desire over time. It should be somewhere in your life that should manifest with that. Okay. By the way, we do so many things throughout the day, do we not? Uh, you think about how many actions we do a day. We every single day, there's all these decisions we make, right? right. Well, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna sit down here. I'm gonna whatever it is. And on thousands of decisions that we make in a week, in a lifetime, there's all even more. There should be something that, wow, where we have done wrong, where people point it out. We should say, yeah, obviously, um, there should be something that's wrong that people need to point out to us. So I think that's realize that. Uh, and realize God forgives and He changes us, okay? I think that's the only way we, one could have courage. And by courage, I mean like even though it's scary, to still do the right thing, to hear the word of God and desire to be changed, okay? Well, let's go back on. Uh, fourth point is based on verse 14. We should desire to be free from the power of sin, okay? Verses 12 and 13 is related. The f- verse 12 is more emphasizing. I actually think when you go from 12, 13, and 14, it gets the this wrongdoing gets even more serious, okay? Verse 12, he's saying like he desires to avoid hidden faults, right? right? He desires not to keep on doing something wrong, but he doesn't know it. He wants to, he doesn't want to do that. But then verse 13, it's even more serious, the sin. He now desires to be free from the power of sin, okay? Right. By the way, addiction is what? Oftentimes the power of what? 
sin reigning over our life rather than just remaining with that, okay? Look with me in verses 13. Uh, Phil, would you be able to read verse 13? Take your time. No worries. Servant. Servant also from presumptuous. Presumptuous sin. Mm-hmm. And let them not have domination. Good. Over uh, mud. Me? Huh? Me, right? Me? Me or me? Then I should be blameless. Mm-hmm. And innocent of the great transgression. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. So verses 14 here. And 13, 14. Um, what, we see, uh, what we see in verses uh, 13, what has just been read, is notice he's talking about, he's going to God, he's saying, God, hold me back from prideful sin, okay? And then saying even, don't let him reign over me, okay? And he even says, God, make me blameless and acquit me. That is, don't hold transgression. By the way, the word transgression means willful Desiring sin. It's not just, oh, I accidentally made a mistake, but this is like, I, I really want to do this uh, kind of sin. And he asked God to forgive, okay? And if you notice here, he's going from sins he does not know about, verses 12, like lesser sin, if you, have, if you will, to now, hey, help me free from not doing this. And notice it goes on in verses 14, also as well, right? Uh, he desires to what? Please God, okay? To please God. He doesn't just want to not rebel. In the end, ultimately, he doesn't just want to just barely say, Hey, I don't sin. He, in the end, what he wants, his heart, what drives him not desire to sin, what desire makes him desire word of God, is verses 14. That is to desire to please God. Okay? Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. I think there's a song based upon that, right? Yeah. Or is that based upon more Psalm 31? Okay? Um, yeah, right? So let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. In the end, why, why do we want to do all that we do? In the end, should be we desire to please God more, okay? Sometimes in very tough moral decisions we make, the best thing we need to do, the, the, when it gets so complicated, I think God causes us, gives us the grace of just taking one step at a time and say, hey, do I desire to please God first? And that makes things, I think, helps us. To be more complicated. I know there's times in the past where council people say, Hey, Jimmy, I have all these things. Like, you know, my work is uh, calling me to cheat. Do I have all these things? And they'll say, Well, just please God first. And no, 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 I can't. I'm going to lose my job. Just please God first. And I've also seen God has delivered some of our guys. You know, sometimes we live in a sinful world. Doing the right thing first, God has been able to be gracious. But I've also seen when people don't do the right thing, in the long run, it affects their own walk with God also as well. You know? Uh, it affects their own walk with God also as well. And in other areas of their life also as well. I always say that. Like, repent. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So we need to go to God first. And repentance, I think, the, really is... Sometimes we think we confuse penance with repentance. Mm. Penance is Catholic theology. You do all these good things that earn the favor of God. Repentance is turning away from your sin right. and turning to God. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about turning away from my sin to do good works, 
it's very like, oh, I want my sin. But when I think, okay, turn to Jesus, that makes it actually a little easier. I think of how much He loves me, how much He saved me, how gracious He is, and therefore the desire to repent. Yeah. Always from. repent because, you know, he, he sees what you're going through and He helps you. Yeah, yes. okay. So let me